10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good morning, welcome to St Paul's. My name is Kate, I'm the Youth Minister here and it's a real joy to welcome you this morning. Whether this is your first time joining us or whether you've been here with us before, you are really welcome. Um, before we sing, I thought we could read a psalm together, just a few verses. So this is Psalm 136 and it says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that your love endures and it doesn't change. We thank you that you love each one of us. And we thank you that we can join in worship now. Amen. We are going to sing together now. It was great last week to have some um, musicians in our main church and we have that again this morning. So let's sing together. Your cross, your cross, it draws me to your heart. It makes my spirit sing. It makes my spirit sing Your grace, your grace So oh, I hear it call my name I'm waking up to sing I'm waking up to sing Good be 
and shout, yeah. Sing and shout. Open up our hearts and pour your praises out. We will sing and shout, yeah. Sing and shout. Open up our hearts and pour your praises out. We will sing and shout, yeah. Sing and shout. Good morning everyone, my name is Katie, I'm the Children's Minister at St Paul's. Today we're thinking about a story about Peter. Remember he was one of Jesus' closest friends. I'm going to tell the story and as I do some pictures from the Brick Testament Bible will appear on the screen. King Herod, not the same King Herod who was alive when Jesus was born, this is a later King Herod, was arresting people who followed Jesus and he had even had James, the brother of John, put to death. When he saw that the Jews liked that, he also had Peter arrested. He was put in prison and guarded by four squads of four soldiers. It's a lot of soldiers. The church began to pray for him earnestly. The night before his trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and bound with two chains. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He hit Peter on the side to wake him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel said. So Peter did, but he thought it was a dream. He followed the angel out of the prison, past the first and second guards, to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened by itself. When they had walked the length of one street, the angel disappeared. Peter suddenly realised it was all real and said, I know the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me. Then he hurried to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where people were praying. A servant named Rhoda came to open the door. When she recognised Peter's voice, she ran back without opening it and shouted, Peter is at the door! They didn't believe her. You're out of your mind, they said. It must be his angel. But Peter kept knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter told them how he had escaped, asked them to tell James and the others about it, and then left for another place. In the morning, there was a big commotion among the soldiers as to what had happened to Peter. After Herod made a thorough search for him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. I love the drama of this story, but also the humour. There are so many little moments that really make me smile, like the angel having to hit Peter to wake him up. Like normally you just imagine an angel appearing and you're magically awake, but the angel's like, wake up Peter! And then Peter doesn't believe any of it. And I love the moment that the servant gets so excited that Peter is back that she forgets to open the door. And then I love the idea that the soldiers all wake up and are all like, uh, Dave, have you seen Peter? Anyone? Anyone got Peter? Because you were meant to have Peter, I don't have Peter. Where's Peter? I love that idea. 
But the thing that really stands out for me in this story is verse 5. Let me read that to you again. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. It's a seemingly really simple sentence and easy to get lost in the rest of the story. But without this moment, we don't know if God would have sent his um, angel to intervene and save Peter. The church didn't try to storm the prison. They didn't attempt to fight the guards to rescue Peter. They gathered together and they prayed earnestly. That means sincerely, really intense, really serious. Now, I know you're probably sat there thinking, yes, Katie, we know prayer is important. But I think it can actually be quite hard to remember just how powerful prayer can be. In this case, it released Peter from prison, which probably stopped him from being executed and then allowed him to travel on and tell more people about Jesus and save them. He doesn't stop at the house that he's gone to. He's merely there to basically be like, hi guys, I'm out of prison, let everyone know, I'm off again. And partly that's because of that, you know, Herod might go looking for him there, but it's mostly so he can go and start telling more people about his miraculous escape and the love of God. Sometimes in this world, we can see things that we think are too big or too scary for us to be able to do anything. Or maybe we feel like we're too far away from the problem. There are lots of Christians in prison across the world just because they believe in Jesus. And I often think, oh, that's terrible, but what can I do? Well, here is the answer. We can pray. I can pray. Earnestly. We can pray intensely and we can keep on praying until miracles happen. So let's do that now. I'm going to give you a moment to think of something that you want to pray for and then pray about it. If you can't think of anything to pray for, you can either pray for uh, Christians in prison or you could pray about the COVID-19 situation. Both of those need lots of prayer and intense prayer. So let's take a moment now to pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this story. We thank you for the drama, for the humour. And most of all, we thank you for the example of intense, persistent prayer. We thank you that you listen to our prayers. And Lord, I ask that we would continue to pray earnestly for the things that matter. Help us to persevere, to not give up. Help us, Lord, to keep praying until we see miracles happening. Amen. Uh, it's time for our all-age song now, so let's sing together. A 
God told Jonah, go and say, Nineveh, you can be saved. But Jonah didn't go out of his way. Well, he kind of did. He jumped on another ship. I couldn't see what his father did. And Nineveh, they don't deserve a trip. Suddenly the boat began to rock and sway Side to side and back again God, he had another plan Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah, if you decide you're gonna go your own way God is trying to tell you You can have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah there's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me And it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for Nineveh For everyone, for you and me God told Jonah, go and say Nineveh, you can't be saved But Jonah didn't go out of his way well, he kind of did, he jumped on another ship. I couldn't see what his father did. And Nineveh, they don't deserve the trip. But suddenly the boat began to rock and sway. Side to side and back again. God, he had another plan. Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time, old Jonah. If you decide you're gonna go your own way God is trying to tell you You can have a whale of a time Oh Jonah There's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me And it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for never For everyone, for you and me One, two, three days in the whale One, two, three days in the whale Then it spat him out again Off to Nineveh he ran One, two, three days in the grave One, two, three days in the grave No one knew that Jesus would be raised But suddenly the earth began to rock and sway Side to side and back again God, he had another plan Wake up, Jonah, you won't have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah, if you decide you're gonna go your own way God is trying to tell you You can have a whale of a time Oh, Jonah, there's amazing grace that sets us free A love that washes over me and it's deeper than the sea It's deep enough for never For everyone, for you and me Good morning, St Paul's. We are some of the youth and youth team and we are going to be leading the prayers today. Um, if you would like to join in with us, you need a sheet of a4 white paper or whatever paper you've got in your home um, I'm just going to give our bits of paper out to our uh, youth and youth team now so Kat here's your bit hey Hannah here's your bit 
that was a slow one. Joe, here's yours. Oh. Yes, uh, and Omega and Lizzie, here's yours by Hannah. Oh. <laughs> Down to Omega. <laughs> Lizzie. Yeah, everyone's got paper. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, okay, our first prayer using our paper is a thank you prayer. And it would be great if you could make something out of your paper that you are thankful for. So if you're at home, have a go. Um, if you don't want to do this, fine, then just watch us making our things. I haven't actually thought of anything. Oh, I did think of something. Yeah. Um, we're just going to try and do this as quickly and beautifully as we can. Oh, mine's not very good. How are your guys? Yeah, not very inventive, I would oh. say. It's hard to get, like, nice curves. I know. I feel like we all should have done an origami class or something. <laughs> Next week at the Hub, don't worry. Really <laughs> Coming soon to youth group, origami. Oh, I know what I can do. Okay. I'm just making so, it. Now. You can draw in it as well if you want to. You don't just have to fold your paper. Okay, everyone done? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to start and then you can, um, yeah, join in if you, uh, if you want to. Um, so mine looks, I don't know what mine looks like. It's supposed to be church. Uh, I'm in church at the moment. It's nice to be here. And that's supposed to look a bit like our north porch. Uh, <laughs> who else is ready to show? I've, I've got, I've got a book. Oh, so, yes, Hannah. Love oh, a good book. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm enjoying reading. Yeah, nice. Anyone else? I've got um, a flower. It's meant to be a flower. Oh, that's but nice. Really look like a flower. That's a beautiful flower. Joe, did you have one? I have this. What's that? <laughs> meant to be something. I'm just going to go with cloves because it looks like a clove. It looks like a what? It looks like a cape, so I'm going with cloves. Oh, hey. okay. Nice. Yes, lovely. Cat, Omega, you got anything? Me. I got a heart. Oh, that's a nice heart. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Omega? This is my uh, ice cream Sunday. Your ice cream Sunday. Oh, looking a bit of acting as well. That's incredible. <laughs> um, right, Hannah is going to say a thank you prayer. So hopefully at home you've had time to think about something you're thankful for too. So let's pray. Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you so much for all these things that we've just made. Um, thank you that you love blessing us and giving us good things. Um, and we just pray that we would be really grateful to you and recognise uh, your hand in our lives uh, as we go about the last few weeks of summer. Amen. Amen. Okay, so now we need to unfold a bit of paper. Um, and we're going to do a sorry prayer this time. So you might want to draw on your paper, you might want to write a word, um, you might just want to write a letter, and um, you might want to just think about things that you need to say sorry to God for um, this week. So we'll just have a few seconds just to think about things we want to say sorry to God for, and you can write them down, um, or you can just think about them in your heads if you haven't got paper at home. So let's just have a moment to think about things to say sorry to God for. Okay, 
hopefully that was enough time um, and now what we're going to do is when we say sorry to God which we're going to do in a minute we know that God takes those things that we've said sorry to him for and um, he scrunches them up and he throws them away so we're going to get our bits of paper scrunch them up don't throw them away keep hold of it but imagine throwing it away <laughs> okay and uh, Lizzie is going to lead us in a sorry prayer um, Lord, um, I thank you that you do forgive us, um, but we do say sorry for those times that we went our own way, we did our own thing, um, and we haven't honoured you or pleased you. Um, so yeah, whatever was on that piece of paper, we say sorry for now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, last prayer. You need to unscrunch your paper. Those sorry things have still gone, um, but we're going to unscrunch our paper for our last prayer. And it's a please prayer. And I thought the best thing to do with a bit of paper really is make a paper aeroplane. So as we think um, of our please prayer, do be making a paper aeroplane because that reminds us that we are not the only people in this world, that our world is very, very big. There's lots of different places, lots of different people in those places and lots of different things going on. So it might be that you want to pray for someone you know in another country. It might be you want to pray for another place in the world that you know is really suffering with this virus or with war or with famine. Um, you might want to think about um, a different place other than the place you're in. So um, lots of teachers and lots of students are heading back to school um, in the next week or so. You might want to think about your school or someone you know who is a teacher or is going to school. Um, but yeah, take this moment as you're making your plane or thinking about planes to think about somewhere else that you want to say please to God for. So as we're finishing off, mine's done, it's not very good. Um, as we're finishing off our planes, um, I'm just going to do a please prayer for other places and other people. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for our world. We thank you that you've created it for us to enjoy. And we bring before you all the people and places that we are thinking of at the moment. For places that need your peace and your calm, we pray that that would come. For places where people are suffering, we pray that you would bring relief. And for our schools and colleges and universities and um, workplaces that are now starting up again or starting up over the next couple of weeks, we pray that you would be present in those places. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, our paper prayers are done. Uh, do keep holding paper, carry on praying with it, or you know, fly it away, that's fine. Um, we are going to end our prayer time by saying the Lord's Prayer. Um, if you know the actions, do join in with me. I'm not sure one of the best planes I've ever made. I think it probably is. <laughs> it's probably still flying, flying around church. Um, okay, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever amen well, thank you so much, youth and youth team, for joining me. That was really fun. Um, we are going to sing again now.
So good morning. Um, I am welcoming back someone who has been off on a little journey. Um, Alex, you are going to tell us a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how long you've been at St Paul's, that kind of thing? Hi, yeah, so I'm Alex. I'm 19. Um, I'm 20 next week. Um, and I've been at St Paul's for about three years. Um, I've just been on a gap year and I'm going to study English literature at Bristol University in September. Um, and I've just been in Hong Kong. So I went out there to work with the St. Stephen Society, which is a charity affiliated with the work of Jackie Pullinger. Um, and Jackie um, was a missionary that went out to Hong Kong in the 70s. Um, and she started a ministry working predominantly with drug addicts. And I went out there um, to help in some of the houses which work with teenagers and drug addicts. Wow, sounds incredible. So when did you go out? How long were you there for? And kind of what, yeah, what were your key things that you learned or uh, really enjoyed or that kind of thing? Um, so I went out in January uh, and I was there for seven months. So I came back about three weeks ago now. Um, and I was working in the teenage boys house. Um, so there are two houses for boys in the new territories in Hong Kong. And they come from lots of different backgrounds. Um, some of them are on parole, so they've been in prison, or some of them are gaming addicts, and all of them come from really dysfunctional family backgrounds. Um, so half of my time was spent living um, and just living with them essentially. So I was in a dormitory of, a, of 11 other boys, and um, we went to school and we worshiped and prayed together, and we ate together and played sport. And, just a lot of companionship and going through the ups and downs um, and that was really fun um, so that's where I lived and spent half my time and then the other half I spent was on outreach and that would be all around Hong Kong um, doing a variety of different things so some of it would be working with drug addicts um, in parks and then other times we'd be working with Nepalese helpers serving the ultra rich or we'd be visiting Pakistani families in cage apartments um, so lots of different things depended on the day, really. Wow. Um, and, yeah, how did it kind of shape your faith? How did you see God in, in those various places? Um, well, for me, personally, it was going from, it was learning to move from lots of different environments with different levels of intensity, different levels of pressure. Um, and for that, if you're working with someone who's injecting um, in a park and then you go back home and you have 20 minutes on the bus and you get back home and then you find one of the boys has been self-harming, um, you, you don't really have time to like process those things. Um, and so you have to really rely on God um, because otherwise you would just burn out and you, know, you, can't, you can't, can't help. So for me, one of the really, really big things was relationship. Um, and having to rely on God and just speak to him, a constant dialogue, constantly praying, um, asking for help and for strength and for wisdom and discernment um, and just knowing what to do in each situation and how to, how to deal with it. Sounds incredible and it sounds like a complete learning curve, very different from, from life here. Yeah. Um, so what can we be praying for you now you're back and what can we be praying for the people that you engaged with while you were out in Hong Kong? Um, so for the people I was working with, 
Um, I'd say for the people helping, just pray um, that they're continually strengthened to continue what they're doing and, and know what to do and how to help the best. And then for the teenagers and, and the men that I was um, living with and working with, um, I think probably just praying um, that they continue to grow in their relationship um, with God and, and come to really know him as a father. Um, and then for me, I think I was expecting it to be different to come coming back and there's rever reverse culture shock anyway, but uh, the England I've come back to is very different. So it's quite weird. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then getting ready to start uni as well is a, yeah. another new phase. Yeah, um, I haven't really thought about it yet. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll get to that I, bit. Yeah. Um, now, you have done a blog, um, kind of writing throughout your experience, mm. and that's still up now, isn't it? So if people yes. want or they could, they could still access that? Yes. Great. Um, yeah, just ask me. <laughs> Great. Okay. So, yeah. So if you know Alex, contact him. If you don't, then go through the church office and we can pass his details on and you can find out a bit more in detail. But, um, Alex, be great to pray for you, um, you as things go on for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Alex. Thank you for his heart for you. Thank you for all that he has seen and experienced over these past few months. Thank you for all those that he has worked with. And Lord, we pray for him in this next phase, God, that he would be courageous for you um, wherever he is, whether that's here or at uni. Um, and God, we pray that the stories he can tell of his experiences of you in Hong Kong would stay with him and that they would impact others. And Lord, for those he's left behind, we pray that um, they would find all that they need, Lord, that they would seek after you and that you would be raising up new volunteers to work with them and keep that work going. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Alex. Great thank to you. catch up. Thank you.
This week's reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 12, verses 5 to 17. Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came and answered the door. When she recognised Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it, and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You are out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet, and described how the Lord brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name's Adam. I'm one of the clergy at St Paul's. Thank you so much to Caroline there for reading to us and indeed for Katie for helping us to think about this passage a little. She's absolutely right. The main thing that we should take from this passage is the fact that when we pray, we should do so expecting God to move in his power. Uh, and we should pray for, for people who perhaps are being persecuted like uh, Peter was and James were in this passage. And I'm really grateful to Alex and to Kate for, for hearing a little more about what Alex has been up to this last year and to perhaps move our eyes out of our situations here in uh, Leafy Leamington Spa and into the world uh, where things are very difficult indeed. I'd like to think about from this passage just something else that we see uh, right at the beginning. And that is what do we do and how do we respond when we pray for things and we don't see them happening? In verse 2 of our reading we read that Herod has James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. This is in fact the first of the twelve apostles to be martyred. And it doesn't say any more than that in this passage. We can't read any more into it. I've heard commentators say before now uh, that the disciples, the faithful, weren't praying for James in the same way as they were for Peter, which is why they went on to pray for Peter and why Peter was released. Uh, and because they weren't praying for James, James wasn't released. I personally don't see that uh, as being helpful. I don't think that's what I understand of the early church, the way that the early church responded to situations. I can't believe for a moment that they weren't praying for James just as fervently as they were praying for Peter. 
It may be that that's the case, we simply don't know, but I'm not sure that answers the question why James dies. There are all sorts of reasons we see in scripture why prayers uh, don't go answer. James chapter 4 verse 3 itself says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what will you get on your pleasures. In Isaiah 59 uh, and elsewhere, it says that we don't see answers to prayer because of sin in our lives or rebellion against God. That's why we don't see an answer to prayer. Jesus says in Matthew's gospel that when we pray, we have to have faith. Maybe the disciples didn't have the faith that they needed to in order for James to be released. Paul talks regularly about the battles that go on in the spiritual realms, that the, the prayers and the battles that we face are not about flesh and blood, blood but about against every scheme of the evil one. The, the evil one remains a prince of this world. That's certainly true, ready to thwart the plans of God at every stage. As I say, there are all sorts of reasons why sometimes we don't see prayer answered. Many of you will know that uh, Jess and I have two children, Jacob, our eldest, and Ellie, our youngest. Some of you will know that about six months before Jacob was born, Jess and I were pregnant with another child. Uh, a few months into that pregnancy, Jess began to experience the symptoms of miscarriage. And so we prayed. We prayed far more than we have ever prayed before. I don't think the motives for our prayer were, uh, were wrong there. We wanted to save the life of this child. I don't believe there was any unconfessed sin or rebellion going on in either of our lives. We had faith in that prayer that God would and could heal and bring restoration to that life. We knew the realities of the spiritual realms and we had people join us in prayer who know full well the realities of that. And boy were we praying as hard as we could. And yet, a few days later, the baby miscarried and we lost them. Sometimes things happen in this world which I don't think this side of glory we will ever get a full understanding of. What matters, I think, is how we then respond to them. When we face a situation like this, we have a choice. We can either step back and allow that situation to damage, perhaps lessen our faith in God, perhaps reduce our trust to set our expectations on what God can and will do. Or we can step into God, we can trust him more, and rely on what he says in this word. You'll have heard me say before about John Wimber, uh, someone who had a fantastic healing ministry in the church, saw many, many people healed, and yet prayed for over a hundred people to be healed without seeing any move of God before he saw the first person he prayed for healed. What would have happened if after the first or second time he stopped praying? What would have happened if after the 98th or 99th time he stopped praying? All those people that John Wimber saw healed through his ministry would not have perhaps gone on to be healed. If we allow our experiences, whatever they are, to set our expectations, then we limit what God can do. 
I wrote a blog recently. If you read it, you'll have seen this already. Uh, but you know that I have a new job that I'm going to in a few months' time. And I have some really wise and helpful friends who suggested that this job uh, was a big job and perhaps I should not set my expectations too highly on it. Maybe I should uh, look for other jobs as well uh, and, and not rest too heavily on the idea that, that this was the place that God called me to. That's despite the fact that I wrote down in my journal the other day, I have well over two pages of prophecy from God over calling into that role. I heard that so many times that I began to set my expectations on what they were saying rather than on what God was saying. Fortunately, God spoke to me a few weeks before the interviews and realigned my expectations to his words, to what he says is true. And so I went into that process believing that God was faithful and that God would call me into that role. My expectation of what God can do should be based only on what he says in his word not necessarily on my previous experiences or worse perhaps what other people say and perhaps that's what the faithful are doing here in our story they're praying for peter and yet when rhoda comes and tells them that he's at the door they don't believe her they're praying but perhaps their expectation of what god can do are limited by their experience with james so my main question for you today from this passage is, and it's before you pray, what are you actually expecting in your heart of hearts that will happen? What were you expecting in your heart of hearts that God will do? A little while ago, I did a survey here at uh, St Paul's, well, we did as a PCC, where we asked a whole range of questions, about 120 questions, and they were statements that were made, and we were asking people to say whether they agreed with that statement or disagreed with it. And the statement was said, I firmly believe that God will work even more powerfully in our church in the coming year. I believe God will work even more powerfully in our church in the coming year. And people were asked to say whether they agreed with that statement or not. The majority of people that were asked did not believe that God would work even more powerfully in the coming year. Now before we start to analyse ourselves and beat ourselves up a little bit about that, I did a similar survey in another church similar size to St Paul's a few years earlier and the same question uh, was asked and the same answer was given and it scored the same low score. I don't think that this is a, perhaps a, a statement of how we are at St Paul's, I think it's a statement of how we are as a church, as a body of Christ. Our expectation on the power that God has for us and the way that he will move needs to be raised. We need to grow in expectation of what God can do based on what he says in this word. Because the God that released Peter from prison, the God who raised Christ from the dead, who exerted his mighty power, as it says in Ephesians 1, has that same power available to us who believe. So when you pray today, and I hope you will, pray knowing that the one who calls you is faithful. The one who calls you is powerful. And set your expectations on him and his word, not on the experiences that we've had in the past. Knowing that he is faithful 
and that he will do it. So let's pray. Lord God, we praise you that you are a mighty God. You are a powerful God, a God who can move and do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. We repent of the times when we have set our expectations based on our experiences, based on the things that we have seen or not seen. And we pray, Lord, that you would ignite us afresh with an expectation that you will move powerfully again. Holy Spirit, would you meet us? Would you help us to know the great power that is available to us? And would you help us to know that it is you that calls us, that you are faithful, that you are powerful, and that you will do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing again.
Fantastic. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over us to finish our service. I'm really grateful to Rob and the band for leading us in sung worship today. You'll have noted we were in the church building. We recorded that a few days ago using the new equipment uh, that we've put in place so that we can stream from the building from next week. Just a reminder, from next week at eight o'clock, we're restarting our morning communion service, half an hour of said communion service in the building at eight o'clock. Do join us if you'd like to. There's no need to book in for that. At 10 o'clock, Katie and the team will be releasing uh, some children's talks and activities on our new kids YouTube channel. Details of that will follow in the week. And then at 10.30, we're going to continue this online stream service, but this time it will be from the church building. We've worshipped live from the building. Do carry on joining us on Facebook or on YouTube. And then from 6.30, uh, uh, we're going to have a service in the church. Uh, there'll be a little bit of worship, uh, but, but pre-recorded, and we're not able to sing, sadly, yet. Uh, but there'll also be a reading and a talk, and perhaps a chance to chat to one another at a social distance about the talk as well. Uh, you'll need to book in for the 6.30 service. You can do that on, uh, on Church Suite or through our website, on the calendar on our website. A reminder, advance warning, that on the 20th of September, we're not going to do our normal streamed morning service. We're going to gather together as many as possible for Car Park Church. We're really grateful to the Kenilworth uh, Car Park Cinema who are letting us use their space. Uh, and details of that were in the email uh, a few days ago. Uh, there's room there for everyone that would like to come to come so please but you will need to sign up uh, so do that through again through church suite or through the calendar on the app and we'll all gather together stay in our cars the audio will be piped through uh, the fm section of your radio and you'll be able to engage in the service together as we gather together in this slightly unique way as a one-off car park church that's the 20th of september and then a reminder that this evening, Jess and I will be hosting uh, 45 minutes or so of live worship from the church building from 7.45. Do join me and Jess on Facebook again or on YouTube as we do that. Uh, and then the last thing to remind you of is to join us for coffee on Zoom at 11 o'clock shortly after we finish this service. Before then, let me pray a prayer of blessing over us. I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, and the Lord would give you his peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Abide in peace, to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. <laughs>